Hello. It's us again. But we're somewhere new. We're in a new podcast. Well, I say again, but maybe this is a first time listen for many, many, many people. Why many, many, many? Like, I don't know. What, what evidence do you have to support that? Zero. Welcome to <laughs> the new podcast, The Fanuary Jam. It is very similar to a, another podcast that we have done called Peter's Frenemies. Why is it similar, Amy? Because we're going to watch the one film 12 times over the course of a year and we're going to ask ourselves some key questions. That's right. Now, we won't harp on about the previous uh, podcast because it's done. It may come up, though. I feel like those characters are still with me. They're in my skin. So we asked ourselves, you know, questions back then and we'll ask ourselves similar questions this time. That movie was called Peter's Friends and this time... You might have guessed, this movie is called The January Man. Which is a 1989 film by director Pat O'Connor, who did uh, Circle of Friends, if anyone's a big mini driver fan. (laughs) (laughs) He did a few films of, let's say, varying degrees of quality. And this one was made in, yep, 89 stars, Kevin Kline. Alan Rickman. Rod Steiger. Susan Sarandon. And others. Mary Mastriano Minow. Okay. I'm going to learn how to say her name before the end of this. Yeah, okay, okay. (laughs) I did my best. So, here we are. Here we are. And the questions we're going to ask ourselves are, what delighted us? What surprised us? What annoyed us? And with a little twist, we'll have a sort of a second question as part of the annoyed. It is what confused us there's so much that's confusing about this film so i'm excited to answer that one um and then we ask at the end who who is the the january January man Man. the film it says um itself says it's not important who he is but to us it is important and i feel like we need to kind of dig deep and uncover some you know various theories true now there's two things i want to say before we get into our short and snappy first episode Number one, we want to hear from you. There is an email address and you can send us thoughts, questions, um, I don't know, the sound of yourself scratching your ear. Not too fussy about what comes through, but we'd love to hear if you have a correction, you have something as a listener you want to point out, anything. The email address is... Derek and Imbi, all one word, and that's Imbi spelt I, M for mother, B for bravo, I, at gmail.com. Derek and Imbi at gmail.com. We failed to give any email last time and we still expected to hear from you. (laughs) That's pretty bad behavior. It is, but that's us. Anyway, the other thing I wanted to say right at the top is it's a bit weird to reach this far into the movie right now, but I'll tell you what. There's a moment in this movie where something happens, something that is just kind of not quite good anymore. Let's just say it. Well, it wasn't really good at the time. And I think... Okay, guys, blackface. There is blackface. There is a moment when a character at a moment is in blackface. And we want to just say that in ep one at the top because guess what? We don't want to talk about that much. Um, It's not a goodie. It's not a goodie at any time. So that's done. Please be aware that happens. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. So let's get this started. Four questions or four and a half. 
depending on your definition of a question. I feel like it's five questions. I don't know why you're making the confused half a question when there is so much material. You're right. We, you're right. It's not like what annoyed you with a subcategory of what confused you. I have to accept we have five questions now. I just fear change. But I'm here with you. I'm holding your hand. Oh, that was actually the sound of Derek holding his own hand. But, you know, we're, we're pretty close. That's as good as me holding I mean, his hand. That's how I walk to work every day. whoop de doo and la di da All right, question number one. Imbi, I'm watching The January Man. Yes. And thus becoming a fan, you worry, who likes to jam about it. What delighted you? So I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for low-hanging fruit in this episode because I just want to get... Because you're hungry. Well, yes, I'm hungry, but um, I just want to state the obvious and just sort of get the obvious out of the way. The thing that delighted me the most is the scene where the young policeman talks to Danny Aiello. How do you say it? Ooh. Uh, let's, let's get ourselves straight uh, in the next episode, but... Um, Danny, God damn it, Danielle. Let's call him Danny A. Danny A, because Danny a. we are ashamed and of we, our... And we also don't know what his character's name is yet, because we just haven't gone that far. So we're at the very start of this process. Yes. By the end of this, I suspect we will know every single character's name. But so this is not that day. Um, okay, so when the young policeman, Cone, is... Um, is basically telling him about the painter being in the office, the bigger office and the light and all of yes. that. And then he comes out and the other the other policeman, who I think might be called Rip, I tried to do some research, but I, I couldn't verify that, says, did you tell him about the painter? He said, yes. And he said, i got a sweet tooth for this shit. Yeah. And I love that. I love that scene. Yeah. It is delightful. Those two characters are delightful. They are two quite comical policeman characters that we'll mention many times. I feel like backing up just a tiny bit, just a tiny bit in episode one, just to set the scene. So those two policemen, yeah, obviously that's a funny line and I, I love it too. It's on my, it's on my list of delights. Um, but just to kind of set the context a little bit, the premise of this film is that Kevin Klein plays somebody who used to be a policeman detective, then doesn't. He gets out of that job for reasons we'll get to, and he's brought back in. And the chief of police, played by Danny A, doesn't like him. Doesn't he, like he, him. He really doesn't like him. And uh, but Kevin Klein's character, Nick Starkey, has been brought in to solve uh, an issue with a, an issue with a serial killer. <laughs> I think the main issue is that he's killing women. <laughs> I, I think I, th I think this is something we're going to come back to time and time again is the fact that there is this serial killer who has killed 11 women yes. and we only ever see the identity of one of them is completely, I'm going to use the word, fucked. It's fucked. Okay, we just lost our R rating or our PG rating. Yeah. Okay, yeah, no, it is, it is. And it's, look, you've just touched on a major theme, which is lack of experience position in terms of backstory of any kind for anyone but also tonal shifts that will well, kind another of, theme yeah okay uh we're ranting a bit because this. we've just gotten into this but <laughs> the point is we have serial killer serial killer on the loose police chief played by danny a not happy with charismatic beatnik who is now trying to solve 
the issue. Because he's a genius. He's apparently a genius. <laughs> and I keep calling it the issue. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, so Danier doesn't like him. And then those two comedic uh, roles, they're a bit like Rosencrantz and Gildersleeve. They are. They are nice and nice. And they're in the background and they, are, and they say that line which we almost named the podcast. I know, but Derek got cold feet because he doesn't like swears. We almost named this podcast. I've got a sweet tooth for that. What delighted you, Derek? Yeah, I think in ep one, we've got to go for the low-hanging fruit. We've got to go for the obvious stuff. Uh, if you haven't watched the film, why are you listening? <laughs> but also, please stay and listen and do watch it. It is available on YouTube in a few chunks. Just watch it. And you'll understand why we're here. What delighted me this time is there's a thing in this film where the scripting is, let's say, clunky. And one of the examples is that there's lots of repeated phrases. Mm. So I was quite delighted by the repeated use of words, get people repeating a phrase. For example, there's a moment where the at the very beginning of the film, the, the mayor, mayor? Played by Rod Steiger. Yes, yeah. the mayor. He's shouting at the police chief, played by... Danny Egg? No, oh. Harvey Cattell. Cattell. Is he the police chief or is he the chief detective? He's a com- I think he's a commissioner. Right. Anyway, <laughs> Rod Steiger is yelling at Harvey Cattell, who is basically charged with finding a serial killer. And he says, and this is literally um, just the next day after uh, a murder... Get your brother, as Kevin Klein, the beatnik. Get your brother, get your brother now, and get your brother before you go to the ballet. <laughs> so that's kind of a weird repeated of, uh, phrasing. <laughs> Secondly, soon after that, Kevin Klein is introduced as a character who used to be, as we said, a uh, really great genius detective and now is a fireman. And he says, I'm a fireman. I'm a fireman. I run into the buildings and I save people and it just gets repetitive so there's this kind of strange thing in this script where yeah things are just getting repeated over and over and over yeah it is it is and can we just I uh, just two side notes Rod Steiger's eyes when he says get him get him now yeah they're crazy eyes he He's has got, crazy eyes he has crazy eyes and the other thing too is that um I love that uh Kevin Klein you know doubles down on his identity as a fireman when we've just seen him leap from a burning building with a child wrapped in his arms like it's just yeah, yeah. I think we we've kind of worked out he's a fireman so but yeah. I think maybe it's just for the slower members of the audience or people who weren't quite paying attention anyway I'm 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 down for it so it's a lot and I think I'll be often delighted by the clunky scripting um there's something about this film where it feels like it was written in a in like a weekend and it also feels like the people in it only read their lines on the day yes. I want to get back to that yeah I think we will come okay. back to that time and time again okay so next question is are we going for surprise yes yeah what so you go first what surprised you Derek okay well Short and snappy, and going for the low-hanging fruit. I was surprised, and maybe a little bit, um, uh, what would you say, a little bit irked by the fact that Rod Steiger's character, he does play the mayor, and a feisty mayor he is. Boy, is he He feisty. plays a character who, in the early scenes, 
is pretty distraught because after all the latest murder a victim was a friend of his daughter's and he's like find the murderer and oh and so on but while he's saying all that while he's being crazy-eyed he's wearing a two-piece suit and the pants have a belt but the belt seems to be well first of all very very thin and strange for a man's belt second of all it's wrapped around the top of his pants in the manner of a hobo who might wrap a piece of rope around the top of their pants he's basically got a rope belt it's it, 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 there's something going on with the wardrobe there Rod Steiger is wearing a rope belt and then later he's dressed as a kind of a you know a college professor with his little bow tie did you notice that yeah later yeah, the... he gets a bit more classy there's, there's a lot of questions about how this man got elected to office and the fact that this happened however many years before Donald Trump was elected to office. It's almost like some kind of, it's, it's what's the word? It portends? Is it Ooh, por- porten- portentious? Portentious? Or is that just pretentious? Or, are you but being anyway, pretentious and using the word pretentious? It could not be. It might not be an actual word. Anyway, um, okay. But, well, that's, that is surprising. That surprised you. What, uh, what surprised me is that in between the murder that we see of the heiress, um, the mayor's daughter's friend, the very beginning, um, then we have a, like a, a montage of front page stories and then it cuts to a oh, scene. Oh, the classic spinning newspaper yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. It cuts to a scene in the mayor's office with Harvey Cattell. And I, I will come back to this, but I really think that this is Mr. Wolf from Pulp Fiction's um, origin story because yes. I feel like he's he's on track. Um, but anyway, it cuts to that, and the mayor is referring to the fact that his daughter had almost been killed the night before. So it's been it's been like less than 12, 12, 12 to eighteen hours, right? Yeah. It's not been twenty, um, and. I'm surprised by how many front page stories there are. I mean, I'm wondering how many publications are in this. Is the city of New York? Yes, yeah, it's it, New York. The murders yep. happened, the body's still warm, yep. and we've got we've a got montage. Montage. Like, and, so and many newspapers. Like It's like the newspapers are building on the previous headlines. Like, yeah. one, one's <laughs> putting out a story. Did in you the see next... what they just printed? We've got to build on that. What <laughs> time be, is it? Yeah. Uh, 8.15. Yeah. We're launching our paper at 17. That. Yeah, and, and in all of those stories only one seems to center on the heiress the actual victim Mm. she's like up in the far corner but it's more about the mayor and the mayor's daughter and then it kind of ends up with you know Harvey Cattell and it does the the the, the zoom in on his eyes his kind of like you know yeah it's really good point so you're surprised by how much news coverage happened in (laughs) such a short time and how far they got away from the actual crime and went into the whole story about the mayor and the mayor that would normally happen which then is echoed in the script because he goes just find the killer this isn't politics and then Harvey Keitel says everything's politics so I think um, there's a lot of shouting in this film. There's a lot of shouting. Lot of we shouting. we may shout a lot in echoing that. But the point I wanted to make is you touched on a huge theme, and that is um, the things that are focused on. This is a movie that is essentially about a serial killer who's killed many women, eleven, 11 women. women. And here, guess what? Very, 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 very little of the film focuses on the killer or the women. It it is 
absolutely shocking. It is so nuts. nuts. And I think even if I'd seen it when I, I would have been 18 when this came out, I think even then it would have struck me. I like to think. Yeah. Anyway. That is surprising. That is surprising. Right. The news coverage is nuts. When when the newspapers were showing up on screen, I kept looking for the date, hoping, hoping that you know maybe this happened a few days ago. I was checking for no. the date. No, it was yes. the next day. Yeah. I want to move on to annoyed. This- Frank, please. Wait, wait a minute. Forget it. Just forget it. Annoyed me the first time. What annoyed me was again. Low hanging fruit, we're just getting going here. What annoyed me was Nick's behavior. Nick Stark, he played by Kevin Klein. His behavior in a particular scene, it's early ish in the movie. He has Susan Sarandon over for dinner. Backstory they used to be tight, they used to be a couple. And then she married his brother. She married his brother. The young Mr. Wolf slash Harvey Kittel. And true to this film, that's all the backstory we get. <laughs> that is literally <laughs> it. We never yeah. hear anything. But we'll get back to that. Um, when he does have her over for dinner, which is something he asks to do as part of the deal to come in and help with the case, he has her over for dinner. He serves, he serves her some very um, questionable food. With, with a lot of garnish. And it looks horrible, but he, he seems to be doing it on purpose. So what annoyed me was the fact that his behavior he, he, it's like he read the script as he walked on set there's no clear motive yeah he's he has her over he's trying to woo her but he's also angry at her and then he's he's teary eyed and says that and he then he misses. tries to seduce her and but then he's also aggressive and it's it's a character in search of a plot yeah it's a very confusing what does he want you know he even asks he says out loud during this, the dinner scene, how do I feel about that? And that's what we're all wondering. Yeah, we are. How do you feel about that? Because you, you, you don't make any sense as a character. And also, like, for all that feeling that he's grappling with, all those mixed emotions, he kind of lets it go pretty quickly when he meets Mary Missouran and all. she's still alive we're getting her on as a guest yeah we are um if you're out there mary um what annoyed you uh so i i wanted to say it was again about kevin klein low-hanging fruit but it is so frustrating his inability to get through the door with a sledgehammer he is he is a fireman He's a fireman. He's got the tool. He's bought the tool for the job. And if you look at him, he's barely making a dent on that door. Like, it's so frustrating. And meanwhile, no spoilers, but it is a spoiler. His new love interest, Merriman, you know, is behind the door getting strangled by... Well, yes. So it's just like, oh, my God. Again, let's step back just a little bit. So if you're... If you're finding this first step quite confusing... You need to go watch the film. Watch the film. And if even if you have, we're talking about that weird end bit where, yeah, she's bait. The, strang- the strangler, the killer, is trying to kill her and Kevin's trying to get through the door. It's a very confusing time for everybody. It is. And yeah, the fact that he couldn't get through that door... He can't even make a dent on it. Doesn't make this. any sense. No. I mean, And look, I can understand if he was like a 10-year-old boy. Yeah. But he is... A fireman, surely he went through some kind of training. It makes me incredibly worried about the fire 
standards. Fire of... standards. <laughs> well, in this city, we have great fire. Our standard is high. We we have well, fire the firefighting can... standards. Like, yeah, like no. what kind of training did he receive? He no. must have had some training. So confused. Not so do you have a confused? Yes, I do have. Don't you get it? I do have a confused, and this is a really big thing. Go. It's the cancelled check. I have no idea what is going on with that. So there's this whole thing that. You know, Harvey Cattell as Kevin Klein's brother. There's something that's happened with the mayor that involves a cancelled check that um, that Susan Sarandon removes from a situation yeah. and Kevin Klein saw, but then it's gone. And I'm just like, A, how do they know it's a cancelled check? Has it got a check with a big stamp on it that says cancelled? And to me, it's like, how is that an indication of some kind of corruption or something? No, I know, I because he, it's not like he received money. He never even received money. He didn't cash the check. We don't know what the check was given for, but it's this thing that they refer to as the yeah. cancelled check. Yeah. And it, it, it is so confusing. So it's a really good confuse, and it might be something so good that we have to mention at the last episode. It might be the most confusing thing about the whole film. Yeah. Backstory, which is never delivered properly in the film. Backstory, when Nick Starkey, Kevin Klein, was in the force, he had to leave. He took a fall because there was rumors of embezzlement, you know, appropriation of funds, misappropriation of funds. And you kind of get that, but they don't say anything more about it. And it's all mysterious. But it was one brother taking the fall for another. And then we hear about this cancelled check. Yeah, but... And we're like, the fact that what it's cancelled, like if it was just a check, what does it that mean? would make more sense. But, but the fact why, that it was cancelled. Why do things happen like that that don't mean things? Yeah, but do you, do you see what I mean? Like, does it oh, have I a stamp? Oh, mean. you know what? Okay. What confused me was the soundtrack. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. Yeah. The soundtrack. The soundtrack is it's whack. like at one moment it's sexy saxophone over a murder scene. At another moment <laughs> it's sexy saxophone over a sledgehammer scene. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because and someone then has an attempted murder of his new love is sexy. And when he's being the genius in the police station, it's got some kind of Hawaiian kind of... And the music in the film is nuts. And I, have, nuts. I have done a lot of research on the soundtrack. And uh, guess what? It's understandably absent from popular culture right so we are annoyed and confused in those ways and now we come to the end of our questions for episode one and we answer the question who is the january man who is it does anybody know this guy who do you think important has a problem with it and Who is it? This is a very loose question. I've, I I wanted to keep it deliberately loose so it could be a vehicle for us to and explore And I want what you things. want. I know, I know. And that's and why... I mean that in terms of like peanut butter or Vegemite, you know, your options are... You've got to stop... You've got to stop twinning me. I like twinning. Okay. Twinning is winning. All right. Uh, well, can I go first? Please. This viewing... I'm going to I'm going to pronounce the January man as the dodgy looking guy that Kevin Klein sits next to in the funeral of the heiress. So Kevin Klein without any he's been given zero information, he hasn't even been given the case file, but he goes along to the funeral of the heiress who's the eleventh victim of the, the killer, and he sits down in the back of the church next to a guy with very thick lips 
who looks incredibly dodgy and is kind of casting his eyes about. And I thought, wow, that could be the guy because they often say, there's more with arson, but often, you know, when there's been a crime that the perpetrator will come back to kind of see. And I think next time you watch, you just think he's come back to look at the fruits of his labours and he's there and Kevin Klein, the genius, is sitting right next to him and he didn't even pick him. Like he would have, I would have just taken straight back to the station and seen what, where he was on the night of the 31st. Right. So on that viewing, you're like, okay, we have a suspect at a funeral. Mm -hmm. Could be the January man. He could be the January man. I've gone for the low hanging fruit. Oh. Something we've got to get out of the way. Yep. And we've got to get it out of the way immediately. Yes. The January man in the film is a killer. And in the film, he is played by Greg Walker. The, oh, you're talking about the actual... The actual January man one who's who, caught at the end. Who, who kind of <laughs> rolls down the stairs with Kevin Klein in, in a, the longest... Yes. In a very confusing finale, there is a you know, that fight between... Kevin Klein, Nick Starkey, and the killer, the January man, according to the film. That man who uh, is caught and then brought to justice is played by the actor Greg Walker. Now, I did some research today, and Greg Walker is, let's say, not the most prolific actor, more of a stuntman. Yeah, he did well on the stairs, I have to say. I yes. bet he did his own stunts. Yes, uh, and it's quite apt that we ask, who is the January man? Because when I looked for Greg Walker on the internet today, look at this, MB. There's a picture of a profile. No photo. Another picture of a profile. He's a half circle in a circle. Yeah. Another picture of a profile on another website. Greg Walker, no photo. photo. Another picture (gasps) on another website about the film. No photo. Greg Walker is very hard to find on the internet. But he was the actor who played the killer that was referred to in the film. As the January man. And when they said, who is he? And Kevin Klein says, it doesn't matter. Then Greg Walker's kind of, he's taken that to heart. He's made that his personal creed. That's right. So just to get that out of the way, according to this quite shoddily written film, the January man is played by Greg Walker. And that is the January man. But we have many more thoughts about who really is January man. Hmm. And we'll get to those. We will get to those. So, that's it. Episode one, it's done. done and dusted. We've done it. Do you have any regrets? No. Do you feel regretful? I feel quite a few things. Well, to be honest, I, I do too. Because... Because I know the